This is the Attention Collection Podcast, a show dedicated to the art of paying attention, to the idea that awareness is ever-expanding, and to the core belief that everyone is capable of living a life worth noticing. I'm Anthony Garcia. What if whenever you decided to, you got to sit on the front row at the sold-out concert of your choosing? Or show up in the stands at the Super Bowl? Or imagine being able to take a cooking class in France whenever you want, all without leaving the comfort of your couch? This is sci-fi But this is the not-too-distant promise of virtual reality. It's actually a thing. The question, of course, is how realistic is it? Well, if you ask Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook fame, he's hoping it's pretty realistic because there's no other reason why Facebook would drop $2 billion a few years ago to acquire the company Oculus Rift. It's a virtual reality company that aims to revolutionize everything from the way we play games to how we surf the internet and how we consume entertainment of all kinds. And on top of that, all the major sports organizations are also getting in on this conversation. Obviously, there are still some logistical challenges to work out, like How do we convince the mass population to wear big clunky headsets for an extended period of time? And how do we make it affordable? I think when it first dropped, Oculus Rift was $1,500 for one headset. But the truth is, these companies figure out a way to scale. They will figure it out. For some of you listening, you're already salivating at the idea. Like this is the answer to so many prayers whispered in mom's basements all around the world. It's the coming utopia. For others, this is the prelude to the coming apocalypse, right? It's the beginning of the end. Or if I might reference the Terminator, this, my friends, is how the machines win. Before long will be a society of reclusive shut-ins with bed sores and little atrophied legs because we don't get up and move around. People won't even talk to each other. There'll be no need to. Relationships will be little more than synthetic projections. And society as we know it will crumble. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. The only way to preserve our humanity is to escape the allure of the virtual and to get out into the real world, right? Fortunately, there's help to be found. And it's right on the back of a cereal box. The other day, my kids were tearing into a box of Reese's Puff cereal, which, for the record, is definitely on the list of top 10 cereals. Fruity Pebbles obviously holds the top spot. This is not up for debate. Science has settled this. Let's move on. But they were getting into this cereal and I noticed something on the back of the box that caught my eye. In big yellow letters across the top were the words, actual reality goggles. And right below, there was a place where you could cut out and assemble your own pair. 
And essentially, it was a pair of flimsy cardboard goggles with nothing covering your eyes so you could still see, hence actual reality goggles. And I laughed at the tagline. It said, it's just like real life because it is. (laughs) It was just meant to be silly, right? To poke fun at this idea of virtual reality. But it was like a little subtle commentary on how we forget to actually pay attention to what's right in front of us, like a bowl of cereal, for instance, to marvel at the wonder of the real world. But then it got me thinking a little bit deeper. It got me thinking about a bigger question. Is the reality we see with our own eyes actually reality? And it's at this point in the podcast, you're hoping I don't turn into a conspiracy theorist who basically claims that the movie The Matrix was actually a documentary. I won't. That's not going to happen. But it is a worthwhile question. Are we accurately observing reality? I don't know about you, but right off the bat, that question's already over my head. But Anil Seth, professor of neuroscience at the University of Sussex in the UK, which is just a fancy way of saying he's much smarter than I'll ever be, has something to say about it. He says that everything in our perception, from objects to feelings, is our brain hallucinating conscious reality. Here he is in a TED talk he gave a couple years ago that's now been viewed about six million times. Instead of perception depending largely on signals coming into the brain from the outside world, it depends as much, if not more, on perceptual predictions flowing in the opposite direction. We don't just passively perceive the world, we actively generate it. The world we experience comes as much, if not more, from the inside out as from the outside in. Let me give you one more... It's definitely worth your 17 minutes to watch the whole TED talk and I'll include the link in the show notes for you to do that. But I want to cue in on one thing he said there. We don't just perceive the world. We generate it. Our brain takes electric impulses and signals and then turns them into sophisticated guesswork. Our brain doesn't smell. Our brain doesn't hear. Our brain doesn't see, but those signals are put in and the brain has to figure out what to do with them, how to assign them. So in a sense, we all project reality. And of course, there are many ways people do this. But I want to look at the idea of the glass half full, glass half empty people. You know, there are two individuals staring at the same glass and coming to completely different conclusions. Take a flight of stairs, for instance. Two people in the same health, good health, one sees an inconvenience, right? And they go and search for an elevator. The other sees an opportunity to get a few more steps in that day. Same flight of stairs, same reality, completely different perspective. Or take two people working side by side in a customer call center. They both get a call. One answers the phone already annoyed bracing for another frustrated, needy customer that I'm going to have to deal with. The other looks for an opportunity to diffuse the situation, to help the customer reach a satisfying conclusion. 
How do you think each one of these people talks about work when they get home? Person number one. Another day of the same old nonsense. These people calling. Listen, I can't fix stupid. I can't solve stupid. So if you're going to call with your stupid request, there's nothing I can do for you. Person number two. This guy called and he ripped into me. He was telling me where I can go. But by the end of the call, we figured things out. And he ended up telling me to have a great day. And so it is for every area of life. This applies to relationships. This applies to work. This applies to friendships. Every area of life is all about perception. So we can choose to hide out in virtual reality, which... By the way, I don't actually have a problem with. Or we could try to strap on our actual reality goggles and see things the way they seem. Or there's a third option. Instead of attempting to see things the way they are, what if we tried to see things the way they could be? What if we chose to look for possibility, for opportunity, We can do this with our relationships. We can do this with our jobs. We can do this with our dreams and our goals. We can do this, probably most importantly, with ourselves. I can be honest about where I'm at. I can try as best as possible to assess my current situation, but I should probably spend more time looking at who I can be, what I'm capable of, and where I could go if I changed my perception. And depending on how you perceive quality, you may or may not have derived some value from this podcast. If you did, please feel free to subscribe, review us on Apple Podcasts, share this with your friends and loved ones, and as always, get out there and build a life worth noticing. Until next time.